the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Difference Makers. Welcome aboard. I'm Mike Lee, Director of Local Ministries for True Talk 800, 93.9 KPDQ, AM 860, The Answer, KPAM, La Patrona 1640, 93.1 El Rey, and 104.1 The Fish. And I'd love to talk with you about getting more people back to your church, sharing about your ministry through our free online church directory and church service live stream directory, expanding your ministry or business beyond your walls, establishing yourself as an authority in your field, and becoming more known through radio, building awareness of your company or outreach by hosting our events at your location at no risk to you, marketing your message or brand directly to your target audience through the latest and most powerful online tools of Salem Surround. And most importantly, if your ministry leader or pastor could use a phone call, a word of encouragement, a cup of coffee, or a connection to others, please email me at mikelee at kpdq.com. That's M-I-K-E-L-E-E at kpdq.com. Our very special guest is not only the founder President CEO of Global Ministries Foundation. He's also an international evangelist. Welcome, Dr. Richard Hamlet. How are you today, sir? Well, Mike, it's a pleasure to be with you and your audience today. Privileged to have you aboard, Richard. And Ministry in the Marketplace with Dr. Richard Hamlet airs every Sunday morning at 9 on True Talk 800. So I've got my notes from your website and Jason Tyler, your brilliant director of media. But could you give us the big picture in your own words of what exactly is ministry in the marketplace? Well, ministry in the marketplace is a, uh, a radio program that uh, God put on my heart to establish uh, in 2014. Uh, and it was a time when uh, we were praying about how we could uh, multiply the message uh, through uh, social media, uh, through the airwaves, uh, to reach more constituents, uh, followers of Jesus, who uh, need to be encouraged and challenged to be uh, witnesses for Christ, intentional witnesses for Christ, uh, 24-7. Uh, Sunday they would gather, and we all gather for church and public assemblies and worship, and then the church scatters. And so for the rest of the week, uh, Christians are in the marketplace. They are within their spheres of influence, and uh, they are called to make a difference, no pun intended to the <laughs> title of your program, but there's a great fit uh, because uh, my heart and vision is to see more people uh, intentional in sharing Christ in both their words and in their deeds uh, to glorify God and, and and advance the gospel. So this radio program was uh, was brought into uh, fruition because of uh, my you know desire to see the marketplace reached with the gospel with ordinary Christians sharing Christ as they go. 
I love your vision, Richard, and especially the fact that your radio program is just so easily approachable. You sound like your friendly next-door neighbor. That's the vibe I get from you. Despite the fact that you're also an ordained Baptist minister, you really have that everyday feel to you. So thank you for what you're doing on the air through ministry in the marketplace. So do you enjoy what you do when it comes to being a radio host? You know, I've had to learn uh, prior to uh, 2014, I really had not been on the radio. Of course, I'd been preaching uh, as a pastor evangelist for many years uh, from pulpits and uh, had held, uh, you know, pastor training conferences and and even some, you know, outreach training uh, for both pastors and, and what we call laity, clergy or laity in terms of evangelism. But the radio, the radio platform was a new one for me, and uh, I, you know, pray by the grace of God that in these seven and eighth year now, uh, that we uh, that we are making a difference. God's using us. Uh, I feel I feel more comfortable, conversational uh, with uh, with our guests. You know, you've heard the program. Uh, we seek to have a guest every week on our program who. Is what we call a kingdom practitioner, somebody who is a Christian with their faith walk within the culture, wherever God has placed them strategically in his providence. Uh, and uh, so we have that Q&A of about 10 to 12 minutes, in addition to my what I call a homily of about 10 minutes. I was raised uh, a Presbyterian, and the Presbyterians use that word regularly. Homily is an abbreviated message. So uh, we have a little homily I exhort from the Scripture. Uh, and uh, the, the, the challenge was for me at first uh, speaking into a mic uh, and in a, in a room without anyone but Jason, our director, and <laughs> getting used to that uh, to that uh communication platform uh but i believe that god's given me christ confidence and so i'm thankful for how the program is continuing to progress richard are there any guests that you're especially proud that you were able to interview and do you have any coming down the line that you're thrilled about airing in a future episode of ministry in the marketplace well i tell you that that's a loaded question uh and i'll I'll give you a a hint in your audience of how we are able to have guests that many in your audience would would know on a national level uh every year at the nrb we go and uh we're a participating member of the national religious broadcasting organization and uh, we use those three days there uh to schedule interviews uh, with uh, those practitioners who are there attending the NRB in a lo- in that location, and so we're working twelve to fourteen hours a day scheduling interviews, and uh, that's how we get many of these uh, name interviews of people who would your audience would know. Uh, I'm able to share with them face to face with our remote mic set up there, and. That's that attributes to the conversational element. I think you you hear in the because I'm looking at them right in their face. It's not just by phone uh, or like we're doing now, but uh, audio. But it's face to face. We have had so many different ones. It's hard to pick one uh, guest specifically uh, on that. Um, but uh, I'm trying to think now. Maybe one that would be interesting uh, for your audience. You know, uh, Luis Palau. Uh, was uh, one of my mentors, uh, and of course he 
his son Andrew and Kevin are still leading the Palau organization in your area. And uh, I did have a program uh, early on where I had uh, them on the program, and uh, we had uh, I think we had an excellent uh, conversation. And uh, we miss Luis, uh, and as many in your area do, and uh, and his influence as an evangelist. Uh, but we we've had many different uh, guests uh, that. Uh, your audience would know, uh, and then there'll be those what we call uh, I call ordinary Christians uh, who your guests would not know, uh, but who they can hear uh, how God is using ordinary Christians to share the extraordinary supernatural message of the gospel with those who desperately need to hear. I love the concept, Richard, because people can argue about faith and religion, and things like that. But if you've got a personal testimony where God has turned your life around, it's kind of difficult to rebut that at times. So thank you for bringing not only famous, legendary people on the air like the late Louis Palau, whom we so loved, uh, but also regular people who could speak to anyone's heart when you think about it. Amen. Well, that's that's really my privilege. Uh, You know, the radio waves are full of... uh, monologue, expository, uh, or in conversational preachers that God is using to bless audiences all around the world through uh, radio and television and social media. And my desire with this program was not just to add another uh, 26-minute message uh, of, of myself preaching, which I would love to do that, and I do that on other platforms <laughs> regularly. But I wanted this to be one a program that was unique, a hybrid, where there was the Word of God shared in that homily and, and, and challenging truths from the Scripture for the audience, and then having the conversation with a kingdom influencer, a difference maker, uh, a Christian within their, uh, within their sphere of influence as they go, and hear how God is using them. And then we close out at the end with a prayer and exhortation, kind of a, a, a modified benediction, but in a, a vernacular that is uh, very much uh, one of connectivity. And uh, so this program was, uh, I believe, uh, a format, has a format that God had given me uh, to, in my heart to, in mind to share to hopefully make a difference. Well, you certainly are already, Richard. So thank you for bringing Ministry in the Marketplace to True Talk at 100 Sunday mornings at 9. And I love the format. And don't get me wrong, there are other programs that we love on the air that have been on for a very long time. I'm also big into the lifestyle programs as well as the expository preaching, chapter by chapter, book by verse by verse preachers. But what I like about Ministry in the Marketplace is you get a nice brief message from you, Dr. Hamlet, followed by an interview with an interesting person, whether it's someone we might have heard about for years or someone we've never heard about, but who has something interesting to share. So I really like the way that you've placed it together. It's a very digestible, entertaining and engaging show. Well, that's I appreciate that compliment. That's what our really in, intention is with the program. So as an ordained minister, is it difficult giving a message face-to-face with one person in an interview or by yourself in front of a microphone as opposed to being in front of a congregation? Well, it is definitely a challenge. Uh, By the grace of God, 
my wife and I have traveled and ministered in almost 100 countries around the world the last 20 years as, in, as an international evangelist, pastor evangelist. And we have been blessed, uh, and I've preached to crowds, uh, you know, in the thousands, uh, in stadiums and um, and, uh, and and outreaches, open air festivals, uh, which we learned from Luis Palau and his organization really is how to conduct effectively in the marketplace, and uh, that's uh, that's a wonderful challenge. But that environment is completely different. It's a public time of public gospel proclamation to a, an audience that is within your eyes and within your senses and and there's a connectivity there uh that allows uh a really uh, what I would call an incarnational type approach i mean the word be- really becomes flesh with us as we are there together in the flesh you know and and God is working uh through his message through my words uh, and through translators when we're obviously around the world with other dialects. The the challenge being in an empty room uh, is is one uh, for me that it's it's easier. This may sound uh, actually the opposite of what, it, what others may think it would be, but it's actually uh, I have more of a, of a tendency to be distracted when it's just Jason and I in our audience, like we are right now in our studio, we are the audience <laughs> talking to you, uh, then when I'm uh, focused on thousands of people uh, in an assembly or hundreds of people, uh, and, you know, there's all kinds of distractions in public assemblies, as you know. People are moving around and they're making, you know, eye contact and they're making movements. I'm focused on that. I'm intentional and prayed up about being able to, navigate through that in preaching publicly but here it's 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 just more of a challenge and uh, so i'm learning that uh and by the grace of god you know i pray that um that i can be used in communicating the gospel uh you know effectively within this uh within this audio platform well, we love the job that you're doing already with Ministry in the Marketplace with Dr. Richard Hamlet, airing every Sunday morning at 9 right here on True Talk 800. Richard, when we return, could you give us the big picture of what exactly Global Ministries Foundation does and your own personal faith? Yes, be happy to. Looking forward to it with Dr. Richard Hamlet. He is the host of Ministry in the Marketplace every Sunday morning at 9 on True Talk 800. More with Richard next on Difference Makers. Welcome back to Difference Makers. I'm Mike Lee, and Dr. Richard Hamlet is not only the founder, president, and CEO of Global Ministries Foundation, he is an international evangelist, and he's the host of Ministry in the Marketplace every Sunday morning at 9 on True Talk 800. So, Richard, thank you so much for spending time with us in the middle of your busy schedule. And could you tell us what exactly is Global Ministries Foundation and what's the purpose of the organization? Years ago, uh, I had been a uh, financier, uh, Wall Street trained uh, businessman, and uh, I had uh, uh, worked for years uh, as an investment banking and and, and real estate financing, uh, real estate development. And uh, when I was thirty five years old, 
God called me specifically to be a pastor evangelist uh, after 15 years of high finance work. And that was a tremendous uh, shocker for for me. It took me a few years to understand really what God was doing. I was a Christian. I was saved when I was 10 years old at a Billy Graham crusade. Um, and I had been a, a faithful, uh, saved Presbyterian, sharing my faith uh, as a teenager. I was an FCA in college. I had was a Southern Baptist deacon, EE, evangelism explosion trainer. Uh, I, I was very comfortable, Bible study teacher. I was very comfortable with uh, and and doing well uh, financially and giving uh, a lot, as John Wesley said. You know, make as much as you can, save as much as you can, and give as much as you can. That's where I was. Everything was fine. Then God intervened with this special calling, which was disruptive. Uh, really, I had three uh, teenagers and uh, my wife, uh, wife of my youth. Uh, we were trying to understand what was going on. So uh, when I sensed the calling, I closed my business and um, I went to seminary uh, and uh, I pastored uh, a church in the Met- Memphis metro area while I was in seminary. And then I uh, moved to Atlanta and I was a uh, I was a, a mission pastor at a large mega church in Atlanta, and so that was about a four to five year period. And it was in Atlanta in 2002 that God really showed me this uh, new plan uh, of uh, of the platform of Global Ministries Foundation uh, uh, in terms of being able to multiply the gospel uh, around the world uh, to all the ethnicities. Uh, as God opened doors. Uh, and so my wife and I founded Global Ministries Foundation in 2003. Uh, we're finishing our 19th year uh, this next March. And so I began preaching as an itinerant evangelist, doing the, what they, what's called the revival meetings you've heard about. Uh, and uh, my heart was really still focused on the marketplace and church outside the walls and uh, evangelizing those who are lost outside the church walls, uh, not just those within the church, but also to be able to equip uh, Christ's church uh, in, in personal evangelism and those uh, who were all around the world. So that's what we, we've done for 20 years in these countries and here in the States. And one thing that was really uh, pressing on me was uh, how to reach the marketplace uh, with the gospel. You know, Billy Graham said that he believes that the, the marketplace is the greatest unreached people group uh, there is today within a, a collective of classification there of, uh, of of people. And and so my heart was bent on finding a way, a platform to try to be more effective with that because I didn't see a whole lot of that going on from the church, uh, Christ's visible communities of faith. And so ministry in the marketplace was a key part of Global Ministries Foundation, even as we started, even though it was, you know, 11 years later after we were formed that I actually had the radio program. We were doing that many years in in, in the marketplace with actual business training. And another part of that was I know this is a lengthy answer, but I'll continue. Uh, businesses' missions uh, is a is some is a term that 
uh, came out of the Lausanne uh, Conference on Evangelism back in the 90s, and there was a paper written on it uh, about how how important it was in evangelicalism for Christ's church to take the gospel outside the walls in non-traditional or non-conventional ways. And it was a really good white paper, as we call it, but I didn't see a whole lot of follow through. I know I know that God was using that uh, that program and that platform, I should call it, in individual churches and some denominations. But I really was not aware of it. So it just became incarnational to me because of my Wall Street background and the high finance and seeing businessmen who had all of this money and they had all this worldly success, but yet they didn't have hope. Uh, in this world or the next, because they were outside of Christ, and 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 I wanted them to, to hear the gospel and be saved, and repent and believe the gospel. And so that really is where Global Ministry Foundation came from. And God has blessed us with many different platforms uh, in proclamation and practice, holistic ministries, um, in real estate and and media and things that help even support our worldwide uh, programming uh, to the nations. And you're doing such a good job getting the word out through ministry in the marketplace, Richard. I love the fact that you're one of the co-founders of the Global Ministries Foundation alongside your wife, Ginger. So how is it working alongside her? Because in my experience, there are some families that work together like a well-oiled machine and, and others should never work with each other. So how's it been for you and Ginger, Richard? And how did you know that you were called to dive into this together? Well, thank you for asking. That I don't get to share this much publicly, but uh, actually this is a great opportunity to, to give our audience a little look look under the hood a little more about how that is working. Uh, my wife uh, is the wife of my youth. Um, uh, we were high school sweethearts. Uh, in the Memphis area. I actually met her when I was 14 and she was 13, uh, but we didn't start dating until we were 16, and we were engaged when we were 19, we were married when we were 20. And so we had three children, like really, cl- by the time I was 25, I had three children, they're 15 months apart, and, uh, and so uh, it was at age 25 that my wife actually was born again. I thought that she was a Christian, she was a moral person, and and confessionally, she was there, uh, uh, but she had never truly, in her own words, had never truly uh, repented of her sins and trusted in Christ alone for her salvation. So here's a, a lady, 25 years old, three kids in the nursery at church, and we were going through an evangelism explosion training program, which is a great program, 15 weeks. Many of your audience may have know of this or been involved in it where you learn how to witness, to be a difference maker, sharing the gospel in the marketplace. And so it was during that time when she was being trained to uh, to share Christ that at the end of that, God, the Holy Spirit revealed to her, showed her that she needed to repent and trust in Christ because she was still in unbelief. And she was gloriously saved. That was God beginning the work of preparing for global providentially we had no clue at that time it was 10 years later when i was called to ministry so when i was called she had been a christian 10 years we struggled with the transition on what it meant to that what midlife crisis as my business guys were saying oh richard what are you doing you're leaving all this i mean all this money your standard living you're you're committing your life to to this 
And Ginger was with me all the way then in that, in that calling when I was ordained. And then uh, five years later, when uh, six years later, when we came back from Atlanta, God had prepared her uh, to be a co-laborer with me. And literally, as we would go around the world, she would she has a, a teaching platform. She teaches chronological Bible stories, and God had prepared her uh, at that time to be able to share Christ. So we are partners in proclamation when we when we go together. Uh, internationally or to churches here in the states now um, she is a tremendous uh, uh, wife uh, by the grace of God an incredible mother and grandmother now and we work together we you know regularly she um, is you know obviously in the in the ministry office quite a bit with her role uh, but she does other things uh, as a homemaker and you know with our grandkids and things that I'm not able to do. But Ginger is uh, she's a she is a trophy of grace. I have seen Christ literally formed in her and her sanctification now to where, you know, it's a beautiful thing. Now, do we have our times, Mike, where we have our you know conversations that uh, sometimes have emphasis? Absolutely, I would say it's probably very regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, but we differentiate the 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 home. Uh, marriage, you know, function, family function from the ministry function, and we respect each other's roles. And we have a staff uh, here in the Memphis area, the the ministry office of almost 25. Uh, And, of course, we have uh, 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 other staff with our businesses, missions, organizations we've set up, and then our partners around the world, we have hundreds and probably thousands who are personnel who are under our umbrella. So Ginger is the one that is really the encouragement to me because she has been there with me when we've gone through some trials and challenges as the enemy has attacked us for piercing the darkness in different ways through the years. You know, Richard, I can't stand when people blame the enemy on their own poor choices. However, working in ministries and working in Christian broadcasting as long as I have, I've seen it time and time again that there are spiritual battles. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing the enemy would like better than to break up a solid Christian marriage, especially that of a pastor and a pastor's spouse. So thanks for the example that you and Ginger are setting forth. So it's funny how she was married and had three kids before she really, really came and knew the Lord. So yes. did she come home different to you that day? Was it noticeable for you? Oh, it was it was amazing. Uh, I, I, that it was a I can tell you really the details. Uh, very God's given me an analytical mind, you know, being a financier. So so and and the expository preaching kind of goes with that. Those are two things that are complementary in the way my mind works. And reviewing things, but in presenting things. But I remember it was a Monday night. Uh, it was about eight o'clock. It was after uh, all of the evangelism exposure groups were giving their testimonies um, and, and sharing. You know, uh, going through the end of the course. And uh, I remember that night she came out of the choir loft of the church, uh, the Ridgeway Baptist Church, where I was called to preach later, but I served as a deacon there. And I remember her eyes and her expression, and uh, it was it was glorious to hear her even say, you know, Richard, I, you know, I trusted Christ tonight. And her 
trainer was just like he was what her his eyes were just you know uh full of tears and watering and uh and and the first thing that ginger did as kind of a gospel fruit is she she went home and she wrote out uh her testimony and what god had done for her and what jesus did for her and his finished work and how she was i mean it was it was glorious it was three pages and she wrote it to some family members uh, who had who she wanted to encourage and challenge uh, who uh, maybe had been trusting in, in in morality or the or their church membership or you know other things out there beside Christ alone and she just wanted to share what she experienced and uh, it was amazing uh, because um, she right after that uh, not too long after that she said you know uh, I want to follow the Lord in baptism. Um, she had been baptized uh, years ago in a church when she was not saved as a child, and she said, "You know, I want to, I, I want to go public." I, I mean, here's a mother that's got you know small kids, and you know she's saying, "I I want to identify with the Lord and 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 baptism in that wonderful sign and seal and 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 expression of Christ uh, in His life, death, and resurrection." And you know that it was a great testimony to me. It was such an encouragement to me. Uh, it, it was it was it, it was surprising, but it wasn't. She was a moral person. She could walk the talk. She could talk the talk. You know, like a lot of probably Southern Baptists today that need to be saved or other church members that are unregenerate. But here, I got to see that uh, that here God's grace had truly done a work of grace in uh, in her life. It was beautiful. Dr. Richard Hamlet, congratulations to you, your lovely wife Ginger. Your ministry that you co-founded, Global Ministries Foundation, your kids and your grandkids, and your radio ministry, Ministry in the Marketplace, heard every Sunday morning at 9 on True Talk 800. And when we return, let's hear more about what we as the church need to be doing in the marketplace to honor Christ and to share His love with a world that so desperately needs Him. Dr. Richard Hunt returns next on Difference Makers. You're listening to Difference Makers. I'm Mike Lee, having a great time with the host of Ministry in the Marketplace, Dr. Richard Hamlin. He's heard every Sunday morning at 9 on True Talk 800, and it's about bringing our life witness to the marketplace because the world needs Jesus. And not everyone's going to be that quick to come with you to church. However, the way you deal with them in what I would call the real world, in the marketplace, in business, can often be a greater witness or testimony than anything else they've heard. So thank you for what you're doing, Richard. Well, I'm just thankful that God has allowed me this opportunity uh, to be a minister in the marketplace. And thank you for sharing the testimony of your wife, Ginger, in particular. It's funny, you were talking about Evangelism Explosion, which is a wonderful ministry that I first became aware of back at my old church, Smithtown Gospel Tabernacle on Long Island, New York, because it was one of probably dozens and dozens of good ministries that the church was hosting. But it didn't really strike me as much until my dear friend Norris Harvey joined EE, Evangelism Explosion, and they went door to door ringing doorbells, and he indeed led someone to the Lord, a complete stranger. And I thought to myself, ooh, maybe there's something to this EE after all. So I'm so glad that it so profoundly touched your wife, Ginger, in particular. Yes, indeed. 
Do you think that there are many other perhaps cultural Christians that grew up going to the church, are nice enough, moral enough people, but who lack a truly repentant heart yes. and a direct salvation experience with the Lord, that they're just unwittingly going through the motions? Yeah, I think that really if we look at uh, the gospel according to Jesus and his teachings uh, and his proclamation on this matter, it's very clear that uh, that uh, uh, broad is the way that leads to destruction or the the lack of hope and 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 and, and continued separation from God. Uh, broad is that way, and many walk that path. But uh, indeed, narrow is the road. Uh, narrow is the door that leads to everlasting life with those truly born again by the gospel and and that few find that so jesus tells us that more people are going to be lost and saved very clearly within uh within god's work of redemption and also with that i think that's not just a i don't think he was just jesus was just assessing the the, the those who were outside of confessional uh, Christianity, of course, he was the founder of Christianity at that time. He had his his disciples as his church, his core group, but uh, and mentoring. But he was, I think, talking about fallen humanity uh, in general, and that would include different classifications. And I, I mentioned Billy Graham earlier. I mean, obviously, D- Billy Graham was a mentor to me. Uh, I never met him personally, but, you know, being saved through his ministry and then BGEA training through the years also, as well as well as uh, Luis Palau's training, helped me in my formative years. But but uh, Billy Graham was uh, uh, quoted as saying that he believed that, uh, you know, maybe, you know, one out of three uh, church members whose names are on a church roll uh, or he or give gospel fruit or clear testimonies that they truly are born again, and that's striking. And so, you know, we talk about the marketplace. Marketplace, yes, is church outside the walls. It's uh, outside going in within our kingdom influence as, as influencers, making a difference in our day to day life as salt and light and Christians. But I think we have to focus it within the visible community of faith, even within evangelicalism, within Protestant churches. There are so many that uh, claim to be Christians, uh, and 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 they unfortunately have never truly repented and believed the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, with the challenge of ministering the marketplace is not just to those who are outside the church walls who never will come into a service and hear the gospel. But for those who have sat under maybe uh, possibly uh, incomplete biblical preaching or distorted biblical preaching, uh, and or maybe those who have who have heard the true gospel but have just been in unbelief and and they've never truly cast themselves upon the mercy of Jesus Christ. Uh, I think we have a time in our generation, like every generation where there are many church members who are not right with God, and their name is on a church roll, but unfortunately their name is not in the Lamb's Book of Life record in heaven. So let's put your pastor hat back on, Dr. Richard Hamlet. How do we know we're saved, and what should we do to make sure that we're not simply going through the motions? Yeah, you know, that's a great question, and uh, with great humility— and uh, and great sincerity, uh, I'll share on that. 
you know, the gospel of Jesus Christ is all of grace. Uh, it is God's grace from beginning to end. The Bible says, he that has begun a good work in you will perform it or complete it in the day of Jesus Christ. Now, when we talk about conversion, conversion is truly repentance of sin uh, and faith in Jesus Christ. That's why the Apostle Paul described his ministry in Ephesus for three years in the book of Acts. That's what he did privately and publicly. He's a good model for us in the marketplace and within church ministry. And so when we talk about conversion, we must say uh, that conversion is not just someone uh, having intellectual facts, believing facts about Jesus, or believing actually in their mind that Jesus is the Son of God, or actually uh, being a part of a church and practicing external liturgies or outward worship, and, and, and that in any way trusting in that to make them right with God. Uh, conversion is truly through repentance and faith, and it is the power of God unto salvation. And so when you ask that question, how does someone know they're saved, uh, it, it's something that everyone must look at personally. The Apostle Paul declared to the Corinthian church, examine yourselves to see you're in the faith. Each one of us as professing Christians should say, what is our What's the basis of our salvation? And there's only one basis for anyone's salvation, and that's the same basis. That's the person and work of Jesus Christ. We talk about sinners' prayers, and we talk about how we respond, and all those are part of how we come to God But really, uh, in faith. But really what's happening is, um, is God is his Holy Spirit is doing a work of grace, convicting of sin and righteousness and judgment. And for a person to be saved, they see their utter helplessness and and really desperation that they can never make themselves right with God. They can never earn enough merit from God because they're sinners. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. But that Jesus Christ, the righteous one, came and left heaven's glory, and he came to this earth on a rescue mission, and he came into this world to save sinners. And so Jesus must be the basis. We must trust in him alone, his work, not even in our repentance and faith, because we are so frail. We must trust in him. And gospel fruit, as I mentioned, is something that should come forth. That's really that he that began a good work, that's the work of grace. When we repent and believe in Christ, that's God's, save, you know, that's God's means of us coming to Christ. But then he completes it, and that's work in progress. And I want to just tell our audience, uh, sanctification or being made more like Jesus is a painful process. And all of us go at different paces and at different and in, in different um, uh, in different degrees. So it's dangerous on one hand to say, "Oh, look what I've done in my life. This shows that you know I've got gospel fruit." But on another hand, we need to be careful because if there's not gospel fruit in our life, then maybe it's possible that we never truly were born again and have new spiritual life through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Somehow, Richard, I think. If we're asking ourselves these questions, it's a good thing. Yes. Uncertainty isn't always a bad thing in our lives. So right. thanks for sharing that with us. So I want to backtrack a little bit. You mentioned you were a successful financier for 15 years before God steered you in a new direction to become a pastor. 
So I'm presuming that at this stage of your career, you're probably bringing in some bucks and doing yes. well. So how did Ginger, your wife, how did your kids take it when you said, uh, daddy's getting called to become a pastor. So I hope you enjoyed being rich because that's all about to change. <laughs> well, it was it was an amazing time because I knew God's calling in my life to 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 the pastor uh, as a preacher of the gospel. It was so clear. And what I struggled with for a couple of years, uh, being very transparent, is, Lord, is this? Am I really hearing Your voice now? I didn't hear God speak to me. I, you know, God's never spoken to me audibly. When I want to hear God's voice, I read the Bible out loud. Amen. The Scripture, uh, but uh, because we need to be careful with this subjective, the, the, the outside of the, the 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 Scripture speaking to us objectively, and then the Spirit using that, you know, in discernment. But I, I never heard God say, "Richard, you're going to be like an Amos. You're not a preacher, or a son of a preacher, but I'm calling you to go preach." Uh, I never heard Christ's voice, but that, but I sensed. That uh, as a as a businessman, a commercial businessman, that God was redirecting uh, my my time and my efforts and my and my platform, I should say, uh, as a born again believer to to this uh, full what we call full time vocational ministry, and uh, and so it was very challenging. Uh, my wife. She saw. She said. Ginger still says this. Say she saw it happening. She saw how. Uh, in my business, I was closing some very large transactions, uh, investment banking transactions, and the day after that, uh, I was. It was almost like I was uh, having a withdrawal uh, because I just it was it was getting to be the same thing, and and there was something else that I wanted to be. I thought I should be doing. And let me just say this: money is good because God created it, and w- when I was making money. I pray I was just as spiritual as I am now as a pastor evangelist in these last 25 years. God had a different season for me then than now. But then it was a time when it was a major transition, and uh, thankfully I had made enough money and saved up. I was kind of like a Joseph. I had my seven years where I built up the savings, and then God was preparing me for seven years of famine where we, we lived off that literally to the last few dollars and use much of it to fund GMF as a startup and pay other workers when we didn't get paid salaries for years. So uh, it was a it, it was a real test. Uh, my, my children were saying, Dad, what do you, what's what's going on here? Um, and uh, we took them out of a mega church and where I was had been for a while. We went to this church I pastored and, you know, my three children, bless their hearts, there were seven in the youth group. You know, they came from one earlier that had 700, you know. And so they're asking me, Dad, what's going on here? And uh, so it was, Mike, it was a challenge. It was a transition. And, I, you know, it, it was it was many times I'd ask the question, you know, Lord, did I miss this? Is this really what you want me to do? And God is so faithful. Faithful as he calls you to also do it in your life. I wonder if the kids look back fondly on that season of life, the transition from you being in finances to you being a pastor. And if they look back at those days fondly, even though they might have had less materially. I think a Global Ministries Foundation, uh, I think the, 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 the uh, 
product that God has created. Uh, it's a ministry. It's his ministry. But I'm saying as far as organizationally and where we're at now, uh, after all these years later, I, I think they they obviously they, they saw through the years and they see now, and they will tell you this, that uh, they see how God's hand has been upon Ginger and I and our family and how even though they went through difficult times as teenagers with that transition um, because of their dad and what God was calling me to do, uh, that uh, now they look back and see how God was so faithful to our family and how God did exceedingly abundant beyond anything that they could even ask or Ginger and I could ask. And yes, we've had trials and there's been there were painful times and a lot of stressors. Um, spiritual warfare, as you mentioned earlier, is real, and especially in preachers' families and with preachers' kids and children. Uh, we've we've experienced all of that in the last 25 years since my ordination. But I, the day they would say to you, each one of them, my three adult children, that uh, that they have seen uh, God's grace and that they're grateful that uh, that they were part of this calling uh, of our family into this special service. I'm glad that the family is alongside you in your yes. ministry at Global Ministries Foundation. Dr. Richard Hamlet, host of... Ministry in the Marketplace, heard every Sunday morning at 9 on True Talk 800. I wonder what you have to say to those in the church that tend to lean on the extreme side when it comes to money. Because one of the most misquoted verses is, money is the root of all evil. That's not it. It is the love of money that is the root of all evil. So where do we find that balance as Christians of being good stewards, not being the one that buried it and didn't do anything with the talent, versus having money become our obsession to the point where we can't turn the love of it off? Well, that, that's a great question. Uh, clearly from Scripture, uh, uh, the love of money is the root of all evil. And money as a material currency and, 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 and our medium of exchange and how we, uh, we, we, we purchase and, 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 you know, and, and buy things, uh, clearly – it is on the top of the list as being uh, the one thing that can uh, major thing that can be an idol in one's life. Um, clearly, Jesus taught uh, that uh, that everything we have and everything we are belongs to God. He taught that we need to give to God what is God's, and that's our life. That's every breath. We're debtors to grace. Everything we are, everything we have, everything we'll ever be. Is because of God's grace. We are His purchased possession, uh, but we are to give unto Caesar what is Caesar. We are to be in the world, uh, uh, but not of the world. And uh, Christianity 101 and making a difference, I believe, uh, for your audience is coming to that point to realize that God is the one who gives someone the ability to earn money, to earn salary. To uh, to uh, to have increase in their wealth, uh, God is the one that gives the the mindset, the education, the experience, the providence, uh, and He did not mean that to be something to substitute for uh, glorifying Him and loving Him with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And so, I believe many in Christendom have missed the mark, and it's, they they have uh, mischaracterized uh, the beautiful blessing that God has given us with money as a way to be used 
for the advance of the kingdom of God to be used in stewardship uh, to to propagate the gospel of Christ, to be used to help those who are in need, uh, to be used uh, as a as, as simply a tool. Uh, but seeing that God has given us that, and we belong to Him, and we are servants, we are stewards, and we will give an account for how we used our money uh, for advancing the kingdom or otherwise. And so that's a great question, and uh, so many believe that if you make money, you're not spiritual. You know, there's a word that I heard in Haiti when I was there preaching many times in the past, and it was called voodoo. Uh, That is what I call (laughs) false teaching. Uh, It's improper interpretation of Scripture, and money is neutral, uh, God created it, and it's how we use it that determines whether it glorifies God or not. Thank you so much, Richard. You've given us some wonderful insights today. And on the way out, is there anyone you want to say hi to or send a shout-out to? Well, I just want to uh, thank our audience there in the Portland area. And uh, as you listen to us on Sunday mornings, I pass the word around and uh, pray for us that we'll be able to continue to declare the gospel from the word, but that we'll have guests who are truly making a difference as kingdom practitioners wherever God has in their place of influence. Amen to that. Thank you so much, Dr. Richard Hamlet, the founder, president, CEO of Global Ministries Foundation, as well as being an international evangelist. And please check out the website, gmfonline.org. That's gmfonline.org. And congratulations, you've got a 100% ranking from charitynavigator.org, which ranks different nonprofits. So thank you for being good, (laughs) responsible stewards. I think that in and of itself is a wonderful witness, as is your radio program, Ministry in the Marketplace with Dr. Richard Hamlet. Tune in every Sunday morning at 9 on True Talk 800 to hear the wonderful, brilliant insights and guests of Dr. Richard Hamlet. And thank you for joining us on Difference Makers. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.